Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets FX Week Ahead podcast with Derek Halpney, Head of Research Global Markets EMEA and International Securities. It's Friday, 7th July 2023, and joining Derek to pose some questions on the financial market themes for the week ahead is Michael Owen, MUFG's Head of Global Client Desk for EMEA in London. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only, and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Good afternoon, Derek. Afternoon, Michael. So, just had the NFP and a bit of a strange result after the much stronger ADP earlier in the week. I think the market was a little bit disappointed and we've seen the dollar sell off. What is your take on this move? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I think after the, the stronger ADP, the markets were <clears throat> were definitely anticipating uh, something more significant. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it came in, uh, I guess, slightly below the expectation. The expectation had kind of drifted a bit higher after ADP, so 209,000 was um, was a little bit weaker. But um, I guess offsetting that was the, the wage data, which was a little bit on the strong side. Um, but, you know, I think all in, given the data that we've had, not just the, the payrolls, but I mean the ISM, services, the ADP, the initial claims, challenger job cuts announcements came down. I think everything together, today's report really has left us, I think, in the zone of the markets not having enough to push yields further higher after the significant increase that we've already had this week. But equally, there wasn't enough in the data to retrace the move with um, any great uh, conviction. So, all in, I think at the margin, the, the you know the the markets are correctly positioned for the the Fed to to probably hike on the on the twenty sixth of July. I think the obvious caveat is we still have one big data point, and that's the the CPI print uh, next week. Um, if that came in notably weaker, I think at the bare minimum the markets would start to kind of question that conviction and the markets would start to move back more towards a, a 50-50 decision. Definitely the, the the CPI next week, it will it will show weakness. The headline annual rate should come down to possibly 3%. Obviously, it's the super core, that core services excluding housing that the markets will be looking at. We have had two pretty weak month-on-month increases, 0.11% in April and 0.24% in in May. So certainly there is some weakening momentum coming through in, in the core component. And then of course, overall core with rents momentum starting to ease as well. I do think the risks are more skewed towards it coming in a little bit weaker than expected. Uh, and as I said, based on the, the move we've had in rates, there is certainly a chance that we could get some retracement in the in the market move that we've had this week, uh, next week, and as we kind of drift towards the FOMC. So that's possibly the risk, but more just because of the scale of the move and in, in, in rates that we've had this week. Um, but all in right now, sitting here today, I, I would agree with the market view that you know the Fed are more likely to hike uh, than than not. 
Yeah, thanks very much, Derek. So obviously with rates going higher, somewhat counterintuitively, Japanese yen is a top performing currency this week. What is your take on this? Do you think this is risk aversion or is something else at play here? I think, uh, you know, obviously we've had uh, the equity markets yesterday, the S&P was down about 0.8%. So based on recent price action, that was a, a bigger move to the downside than what we've we've seen of late. Equity markets in Asia today were also weaker. But, you know, we, we've We've had a pretty good run on equities, and it, it would be um, difficult to conclude that the yen has been driven by uh, by risk aversion, especially when you consider Kiwi has nearly matched the yen performance this week, and, and you wouldn't expect that in a full risk aversion type market. So, I think something else at play, and I think it's um, it's basically YCC speculation. And, you know, just to tell our listeners, you know, we updated our forecasts at the beginning of this month and, you know, our end Q3 dollar yen forecast is 136. Um, and that essentially captures our view that we think um, the BOJ um, are going to make some changes to YCC, probably widen the band from 50 basis points plus or minus to 100 basis points. And this week we've had, uh, we had some interesting comments from uh, Deputy Governor Uchida yesterday in a Nikkei uh, news article. And he spoke first about dismissing the idea of any change to the official short-term overnight rate. Uh, that's minus 10 basis points. And, you know, it's very clear the BOJ have no uh, indications at all to, to change that. But on YCC, he said, we, we need to take, quote, a balanced approach going forward. And what he meant by that is kind of balancing up the the, the market functioning implications versus the, the the monetary easing impact implications, which to me and and I think to the markets today, based on the dollar yen move, is certainly indicating that the BOJ are deliberating. Uh, perhaps is the word to use the the, the decisions on YCC, uh, and I think then if you throw back uh, a week to Sintra and Governor. Ueda in Sintra spoke about uh, the, the kind of uh, what would be required, let's say, for a policy change on YCC. And he merely said that all that would be required is for the BOJ to have greater confidence in its current forecasts. And, and he, he, he explained that basically the BOJ has more confidence in inflation falling back in the second half of this year than they do have in the confidence of inflation rising next year, which is basically the current forecast. So a, a mere increase in, in the confidence of the current forecasts could be enough to justify uh, a change in policy. Um, and of course, at the July meeting on the 28th, uh, we will have an updated um, version of forecasts. And of course, that could be explained and, and, and be given as part of the reason for a change in YCC. Um, and then, of course, today we had the cash earnings data from Japan, and we had a notable acceleration um, with, uh, with, 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 with cash earnings, which scheduled earnings for full-time employees, um, essentially at levels we haven't seen since 1995, and moving more in line with the wage agreements that were 
um, agreed on with the, the, the Shunto annual wage round uh, talks. So, you know, if, if the BOJ want to give macro fundamental reasons for a change, I, I think they can do it. And, of course, the ideal scenario for the BOJ is to change policy when yields are at levels below the top end of the peg. And therefore, it's not looking like the BOJ were forced into a move because of financial market pressure. And of course, at the moment anyway, the 10-year yield is well below 50 basis points. We were trading at 42, 43 today. Now, my, my sense is we could start to see a buildup in speculation on a potential change in YCC at the end of the month. And possibly 10-year yield will start to move higher. But nonetheless, you know, I think we're, we're being set up for a potential move. And um, given the fact that Dolly N dropped five big figures when, we, when there was a change in YCC in December of last year, and we were at lower dollar yen levels than where we are today. And from our metrics, dollar yen is more stretched today. There's definitely scope for a pretty big move to the downside, you know, between five and 10 big figures, which of course is what's implied by our end Q3 dollar yen forecast at 136. So that's something to watch closely over the next couple of weeks. And I think the markets are going to start potentially um, um, anticipating that and starting to position for that. Thanks, Derek. And finally, on uh, trade ideas, this period of range trading, it's quite difficult, therefore, to do directional FX. Um, how have you been getting on with your trade ideas? Yeah, still, still, unfortunately, not great, to be honest. So, um, yeah, uh, we, we've, we basically have the euro dollar uh, long position. Uh, it's pretty flat. Um, We've had it for a couple of weeks. We're kind of, as you said, Michael, in a range, so we haven't really moved in any kind of significant direction. So we're around unchanged on that on that trade. Um, and then the other one was long Aussie versus Kiwi. And as I've mentioned, Kiwi being um, the next best performer this week to uh, the Japanese yen, uh, the long Aussie Kiwi has gone against us. Uh, we're still going to hold on to it. We've got the RBNs out next week. Um, you know, certainly there's no reason to think that they would raise rates. They've already done a lot. Um, the data is beginning to indicate uh, some of that feeding through to the real economy. So um, we'll hold on to that. And then just based on what I've just outlined, Michael, we've um, added uh, a short dollar yen trade based obviously on the views I've just expressed. Thanks very much, Derek, and wishing everyone a good week ahead. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and reach out to your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.